0: What's the latest, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the In The Paint Show presented by Ball is Live. Dev and Ronnie Flores back with you for episode number 84. Last week, Ronnie, we talked NBA Finals. We're going to talk that again. Um, but we also spent some time talking crap on my brother and his haircut in middle school and how he looked like Pat Riley and never got in the paint. And my brother happened to listen to last week's episode and took offense to that. So we're, we're going to bring him on here. And let him defend himself um and kind of get his thoughts on his, his his weak haircut back in seventh grade. Let's see if he answers the phone. Hang on. Derek Oogland, the uh ugly brother of Devin Oogland, the host of the In the Paint Show, is live with us on episode number eighty-four. You you said you listened to uh last week's episode and took some offense to my making fun of your Pat Riley hair and wanted to um, you know, defend yourself. So, what do you have to say for yourself and your terrible haircut?
1: I don't even know if it was necessarily about the hair. Um, you know, I was proud of the hair. It, it. it okay, so first and foremost, I just wanted to say that the hair definitely got me in the pain as you <laughs> have to describe it. Um, so that was the first lie that you, <laughs> you slandered on your show. Um, you know that hair, like you said, it did take me two hours to do in the morning. I had the hairspray and the brush. Had to make sure that it was nice and, you know, perfect. And uh, you forgot to mention that I would cry if there was any mistake. <laughs> I just wanted to let everyone know that as well. You,
0: you you wouldn't go to school if there was a mistake. If there if there was one little like thing out of place, you wouldn't go to school.
1: Yeah, it's true. <laughs> and you know, it's all about swagger in middle school. Um, you know, you got to make sure that. You have your look and your style, and that's what it was when I was, you know, in the '90s. Uh, I also wore FUBU, if you remember <laughs> that.
0: Yeah, you did wear FUBU. Yeah. Wow.
1: So, uh, <laughs> you know, I had I had Jay Z shirts and Biggie shirts. So I grew up in the in the early '90s and stuff. So we we were listening to rap. But the other thing that kind of got to me was was you saying that you were more personable. I, I'm not, <laughs> quickly, you know. I mean, come on man, that's that's just taking it over the top. The better looking part, that's subjective, right? My wife thinks I'm attractive, your wife thinks you're attractive. You know, we can we can call that semantics, but you know me, I, I'm way more personable and funnier than you, by far.
0: No, no, not you're not funnier than I'm close, you're a kiss ass, and that makes you more personable. You're a kiss ass. That's what you are. Let's let's talk about the Lakers, since you know, you and I are both big Laker fans. Uh, what were your what were your thoughts before Ronnie and I get into Game Three. What were your thoughts on uh, Game th- Game Three and Game Four of the NBA Finals?
1: Uh, man, Game Three was rough. Um, just I think there's just a lack of energy. Uh, they didn't get up for the game. They knew that uh, Dragic and Adebayo were out. Um, I just think that they just didn't have that you know winning edge that they needed. Um, especially Anthony Davis, he he just really struggled to get connected within the game and kind of find his role. Um, could have been foul trouble. Could have been just the bubble. Who knows right now? Um, but that was a tough game. I, I definitely turned that off. Like, you know, I like to do pretty, pretty on <laughs> the rhythm. Um, <laughs> game four, that was great. I think I texted you in the first quarter um, asking why they weren't sagging off Jimmy Butler. Because it's clear Jimmy Butler likes to play with a body on him. Um, him having that feeling of the defender on him, being able to kind of, you know, take a defender one-on-one and create shots is what he looks for. It's bag off of Jimmy Butler and kind of let him make decisions about whether or not he should shoot the three. It kind of seems to affect his overall game. So um, I thought it was great how they kind of sagged off of him. Uh, they fought over screens against uh, Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero instead of going under. Um, so the whole defensive intensity was there. Uh, AD played great guarding Butler down the stretch, and Braun turned it on the second half. Uh, it looks like they're going to close it out in five.
0: I like those takes. Ronnie, you got anything for, for the uglier brother here? Yeah, uh,
2: this is Ronnie. Thanks for coming on. Uh, so w- where did you get that style? What, I mean, because obviously <laughs> FUBU wasn't influenced by Pat Riley. Your hair maybe was. Where did you, did you watch Pat Riley before he, he kind of stepped down? Or did you get yeah. that style from somebody else?
1: Yeah, I mean, I was born in 85, and, and kind of growing up, I started getting into, like, the rap culture even at a really young age. I remember... Uh, my mom bought us a naughty by nature tape. (laughs) Yes, she did. (laughs) Uh, um, and it just really you know, growing up in the nineties I was, you know, big, you know, Tupac Biggie fan. uh, me and my brother West Side Connection, Ice Cube. So I just kinda thought I was part of the culture. It was a big time thing back then. Um so yeah, man. I had uh, Timberlands. I had you know Fubu and all that
2: stuff. <laughs> Tim, Tim remember? I could just picture Pat Riley and Timberlands and Fubu. But I with <laughs> your hair like? <laughs> that's
0: all. That's, awesome. that's literally that's literally what what he looked like. Um, yeah, hey, I'm hey. Pat Riley. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Derek, we appreciate you coming on. If you want to give your uh, your Instagram a shout out, real quick, um, th- hey. throw it up.
1: Hey, if you guys you know like cooking or anything like that, I run an Instagram page um you know i just cook a bunch of barbecue it's at smoke underscore meat underscore er day e-r-r-d-a-y all right guys
0: later man right,
1: later.
0: thank you derek yeah so ronnie derek and i um grew up you know my parents didn't really care what kind of music we listened to no. um so we just we just you know ha- have a, a wide variety of uh music tastes from like you said naughty by nature west side connection biggie uh jay-z um I- anything you can think of tupac mainly for me um to elton john barry manilow was one of my dad's clients we went to a lot of his concerts so um yeah you guys my a big range yeah my, my wife is always just like how like when, when i when I, I shuffle in the car on my phone she's like how do you go from west side connection knowing every word to barry manilow Knowing every word to like Green Day, knowing every word, it's just our range is crazy. Uh, um, range,
2: I was I enjoyed a lot of different music, but not as much then. Okay, I, I stuck to the to the rap, even mostly to the like you said, the west, uh, west coast style rap, and a little bit of the south, you know. Uh, when Outcast came out, that was
0: okay, yeah, Outcast was good, now.
2: and then and the Ghetto Boys, you know. But besides that, it wasn't. A lot of different because I wasn't into like New Jack Swing and, and the whole New York rap and the yellow shirts and the flat tops and the and the dancing. That was just way out of I was like, that's not what I'd like. Okay, okay. I was so, way more into the West Side connection and that. Yeah. it's just something I saw and, and 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 my friends were influenced by. Like you said, maybe it was just where we lived. Uh yeah, so the, the New York style movies and the magazines and that stuff, that wasn't it was actually kinda whack to me, it wasn't very interesting. Okay. Again, it might have been based on what the rappers and the what I was listening to said. So, but yeah, I was kind of like you and stuff. Um, not as much as range, but yeah, I like different artists. So, shout out to Eddie Van Halen. Yeah. Of the you know Hall of Fame rock group Van Halen, him and his brother kind of got that going in the mid to early seventies in the San Gabriel Valley. They went to Pasadena High School. He passed away earlier this week, I believe, from throat cancer or form of cancer, and obviously he's you know one of the best guitar players of all time and, and his band is one of the best selling bands of all time. So interesting to see some of the social media stuff about him and, or like him playing in Norwalk or yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, San Marino or, you know, at some small little joint for $2 a head. Like that's pretty awesome. You know, people yeah. were lucky. People are a little <laughs> bit older than us. were lucky enough to see those pe- acts were like really cheap at like famous places for sure.
0: Know? For sure. Like,
2: we didn't really get that. I got that a little bit, I guess with like, uh, some rappers you can kind of you know see at a college college party. I saw Cypress Hill a few times.
0: Oh, that's that's, for that's sure. Yeah, you know yeah, like yeah.
2: I remember that during the '96 election, Cypress Hill was kind of out there a lot talking about that.
0: Yeah, I think I saw Cypress Hill at uh, old the old Hollywood Park racetrack uh, a long time ago. A long time ago, I think I was probably in my late teens at that point. Um
2: so they're already a little older, yeah.
0: They're already like, yeah, the already stuff. older. Yeah, already older. Um Ronnie, if you had okay. okay, since we're on the topic of music before we move into uh, basketball. Yeah. Name your name your favorite solo rapper of all time and name your favorite rap group of all time.
2: Yeah. Uh my favorite Solo rapper, I guess would be the notorious B. I. G. Even okay, and I like West Coast rap. Yeah, so you look, yeah. I, I respect. Good. No, yeah. He's just too good. Because honestly, and somebody said, I think he said or some others, Tupac, because of his mom's, you know, trials and what she was going through. He's moving around a lot. He went to that Baltimore school of, you know, uh, acting. Yep. Then he moved to California. A lot of people don't know he went to to Tamp High, Tamp in Mill Valley. Okay. You know, Tupac went to Tampa and Mill Valley for a little while up north, which is North Bay. You know, it's in the San Francisco Bay Area, but some 15 miles maybe north of the San Francisco uh, Golden Gate Bridge. So people didn't know he he went to school there. And he would have been successful. I guess that's my point. He would have been successful, Devin, without rap. He would have okay. got into movies. He would have done something.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: You look at Biggie. Okay. All the success he had is clearly attributed to rap. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. At meeting Faith Evans, meeting Puffy, all that. Marrying Faith, like, it's because of what comes out of his mouth rap-wise. 100%. Sure. If you saw Biggie on the street, he ain't the most attractive guy. You're going to, like, walk the other way. Sure. Honestly, to be honest. Like, he said he's, I'm a big, fat, black, ugly dude. Yeah. And all the success and adulation I have is because of rap. So, I think that's why... I, He's probably the best rapper, solo rapper. Because he didn't have that many other venue or
0: option. You know sure. what I mean? At that no, that, point. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. Uh you know, I and mean you're... he said
2: it himself, you know. Yeah. And then from the group point of view, I think as I look back, uh, you know, West Coast rap has some good groups. Uh they kind of break up or they stay together. I personally like like second and none, high C uh DJ Quick, but I don't think they're the best. I think Run DMC is the best. Okay. Because again, they're status as a as iconic group and then you know they got other people into rap music so yeah, when you yeah. Get the song with Aerosmith it is taking it to another level that yeah those you know I mean you can't really Aerosmith at the time just think about how we're talking about Van Halen think about how yeah, popular yeah. they were you know what I mean so for that to work and I'm not sure Aerosmith I kind of I've read things where like Aerosmith was like what the hell are we gonna do like but it worked regardless of how much they really enjoyed each other's company it worked you know so yeah
0: that, that I, I mean those, I, those are the, my two those are two difficult yeah. uh people to argue for me yeah i i will go best solo rapper for me is tupac because that's kind of in yeah. the fifth grade in the fifth grade that's really who i started listening to yeah. um over and over and over just his, his delivery and kind of passion and i don't know anger that he delivered it with was yeah. Uh, yeah. always really good to me but biggie it i think real fast you don't yeah, have to yeah. fast and I think Biggie had the best overall flow. I think he was yeah. the smoothest. Um and then group wise, for me, I'm always gonna go Wu Tang clan, always. Yeah. No matter what. I just their 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 range and kinda of how different they were, um and kind of the different songs that they brought were always yeah. oh, super yeah, they're, they're underrated. Stupid. Yeah, super I think they're underrated, even though, you know, they're considered one of the best rap groups of all time. But they're they're not brought up enough and I think uh for me Wu Tang clan uh, is number one. And then uh for me, West Side Connection was always always has a soft spot in my heart. As I'm a, C, I'm a real big Dub C fan. Yeah, fan. fan. Yeah, I'm a huge Dub C fan.
2: Yeah. Dub C has some good songs. He does, I mean, dude. He does. to look at it now, even, you know, it's funny you mentioned Dub C, like he's kind of a low-key guy, like meaning people in, I don't know how much people in Louisiana like Dub C. Maybe they do a bit. New York probably doesn't like C that much because he's just too much of a gangster. He is, you know, yeah, he's too much yeah. of an L.A. gangster. So yeah. it's funny a couple buddies of mine uh one played at Fremont High School, Ricky Brown. He was an All-City player in 1993, helped them win the uh 92 uh 3A city title. Uh he rapped with Dopsy. He he's come out on a solo. I'll send you the link Devin later on.
0: Yeah, I want to I want to hear that.
2: Yeah, Ricky was a good rapper. And he, he, he you know always wanted to be in rap. I think he liked rap more than basketball, but he was a good D1 prospect. He kind of he hit a, um, a 25-footer to knock Clovis West out of the regional uh, his junior year at Fremont. then they lost to uh, modern day at the brand Center in the, in the regional semifinal. but they, you know he was a good rapper and then a buddy of mine who played at Trey Tech, he also rapped and he kind of did some collaborations with with Cypress his name's LC LC Johnson. Um, they're from my hometown, you know, Cypress Hills from Southgate. So I know a little bit about them, their background. Uh, Alcee did some songs with them and, uh, he, he's, he's around. You, you might even meet him one day, Devin, because his son is a 224. He's going to go to okay. high school. Um, he's a uh, yeah,
0: player. Yeah, yeah. I know you're talking about, yep. Okay. He's a pretty good a kid, player
2: yeah. and he might be like 6'3", 6, 6'4", 6, already. And he's, okay. again, he's kind of trying to figure out what he, like every other kid, he's trying to figure out what he's going to do this, uh, School year because of the quirkiness of COVID, but yeah, just a little simple, funny connection to uh, Cypress Hill. And then uh, they had their little feud with West Side Connection for a little while, yeah, and they kind of squashed it,
0: you know. It was, a little I remember, yeah, beat.
2: yeah. So they kind of mentioned it on that their first <laughs> album, uh, yeah. You're like you said, West Side Connection album was a great album, it, it was it was anticipated when it came out.
0: It was, and, Mac, uh, I'm a big fan of Dub C, I think, Mac Tan's another underrated rapper too i think yeah. he was better i think he was better in the group um than he was solo yeah because i, I think those q Ma, uh, dub c and max i think all of their their approaches and yeah. the, their styles really uh melded and meshed really well together but i you know for for east coast stuff ronnie i think the underrated do you do you remember lord Tariq and peter guns yeah i'm a big fan of peter guns yeah <laughs> peter guns was good
2: he did a lot of things with DJ Quick, so yeah, he did. I'm a huge DJ Quick fan. So anything yeah. Peter Guns, like he like that Bronx style with the Yankees. Yep. he was in you know good music like late yeah, '90s. What? That was really good music. Yeah, uh, look. we can go on and on, but yeah, yeah we those, can. <laughs> those are some great names? Like I mean, you know, RZA. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Old Dirty, like those guys. Dude, Wu Tang Clan has some loyal fans. I think they're even more loyal than. Uh, run dmc maybe even tupac people kind of look at it as a an idol like a james dean type of madonna sure to me tupac is just a i don't look at him like that because he's like a a guy almost my age he would be almost my age now right so he's just kind of like hey this guy was involved in with suge knight you know he's kind of like whoa this was he had to do it to get out of jail and he lived that lifestyle, so I was like, damn, just another kind of guy murdered. I remember I had an argument with somebody who was a little younger than me, and she was like, no, he's he's an idol and he's an icon. I'm like, for you, yes. For us there, it was like, damn, he got shot? Right. Oh, man, what what happened? It was, oh, he's on the Vegas Strip. He was on Koval. He was getting out, going to the Club 662. It was like, oh, damn, he's, he's going to survive, and he's going to write an album. He's going to be sick. That's right, what people thought, like, damn, this dude got shot again? Like, not again. Like, this dude, you know, oh, damn, he's in that lifestyle. And then when it's like five days later, it looked like he wasn't going to pull out. And it was like, oh, man, he's not going to make it. And I don't know if you remember, Devin, that you might have been, learning, but I think you probably remember that. That was the Internet was kind of getting a little bit of people were starting to get a log on on the Internet. And there was all these things about him being alive and everything little theories out there on the internet when the internet was barely getting going on little blogs and like chat rooms so right that was interesting and memorable stuff um but yeah you know underrated uh you know how 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 underrated is this Lakers title going to be devin if you know they're up 3-1 three, three, now we'll go over the particulars yeah. of game 4 um is this going to be appreciated or is this going to be like a uh and old dirty mm-hmm. Wu-Tang type of championship for the Lakers if they don't blow a 3-1 lead, which it doesn't look like they will.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be a, a Wu-Tang-type title because, and especially because LeBron's involved, right?
2: Everyone I still don't like him in certain ways. Yeah. Why don't LA fans like, I guess that's the question I have you. Why don't LA fans like, is it because of Kobe and then now Kobe's subsequent death? Dude, I, they didn't like him when Kobe was alive.
0: I, I, I couldn't tell you, to be honest with you. Yeah, i yeah, like, what's this infatuation?
2: So is it just the pandemic? Is it? I was up. Is it what? Yeah. I mean, just what is? What is people's problem with the guy? You know
0: I, I mean? don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, when I was growing up, and LeBron came in the league, I think the whole chosen one thing and everyone kind of crowning him uh, as being that guy rubbed people the wrong way. Wait, especially sure. because Kobe was supposed to be that guy at that time when LeBron came in the league, right? Yeah. Um,
2: and then they never got into a final against
0: each. Yeah, other. they never got into a final, so they couldn't like you know go head to head yeah. and kind of squash that. And I, I think a lot of people just remember that part of it and have watched him over the years, kind of grow, actually, literally grow into that being that level of a player, yeah. and haven't been able to get over the the initial part of it. For me, as a Laker fan, I mean, maybe it's different um, because I'm a sports reporter. I just I, my fan my 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 ability to be a fan has kind of wavered a little bit. Um, for so this title for me, a Laker doesn't feel the same as it did when I was a kid.
2: Yeah, that uh, changes when you get older. Yeah, there's something is- different about the pandemic. There is some truth to that. I think uh, hardcore fans, Laker fans, are like, dude, you couldn't get back. You didn't get past Paul Pierce in the Celtics, so don't bitch to us that you didn't play Kobe. You
0: know what I mean? Yeah.
2: Like, that. I could see a little bit of that older, like, generation. And I also just think it's the way we consume a bit. I was thinking about it, like, dude, every day, again, it it may be because we have a, a, um, you know, a big election coming up, one of the biggest days in American history, especially in our lifetime, coming up in a month or so, but, Everything is doomsday. Everything is a, a huge crisis right away. Oh, my God, LeBron's not locked in. Oh, LeBron's right. horrible. Yeah, It's like, dude, the, earlier this week in Game 4, everybody's tweeting, like, what's happening to the Lakers? They're falling apart. LeBron's played three straight bad quarters. They were terrible in Game 3. Devin, I think we need to give ourselves a in-the-paint pad on the back. We said it before the final started. The Lakers are going to shit one game. Oh, yeah. they were, We knew it. Well, I don't know yeah. if it was game one. Well, we said maybe game one. They were like, they're going to shit one game. They're not going to be locked in. Um, You know what I mean? Like, they're not going to have a good game, and that was game three. Yeah, it still took Jimmy Butler scoring 40 points, putting up a Jerry West type of, of stat line for them to win. You know, and he wasn't going to do that again. Everybody's like, and then that's a bigger pet peeve I have. Oh, word, get to Jimmy Butler. He needs to be aggressive. He's not going to score 40 again. Back to back, especially he's right. not that type of player. He's, he's yeah. not. He's not even that good of. Go on record, he's not even that good of an offensive
0: player. Okay. You know what I mean? He's not. Yeah, he's a. He builds he himself. He's he strong. Does.
2: He punks guys in a basket, but he's not a great offensive player.
0: Here's the thing, dude. If you think yeah. about it, he's yeah. a career. He's a career eighteen point five points per game player in the playoffs. Yeah. So a forty point game for him, especially yeah. not being a good three point shooter, shooter. is it's more 20. of an aberration type game. Yeah, he's shooting really 44%. Yeah, and Game game 3 was for sure that trap game because the Lakers take a 2-0 lead, and yeah. then it's announced that Bam and Drogic are not playing for Game 3, and they come out with a, a lack of energy. AD gets in foul trouble, never really yeah. gets involved in the game, and Jimmy Butler goes off. So that's that type of game where uh, a superstar like Jimmy Butler, and yeah, I'll say he's a superstar because he's he's that good. He's a uh, great player, Oh yeah. He's I that just good. Don't think He's a great scorer. No, I mean he doesn't have to be because yeah, he does he, other things. Th- he does other things, and he has other weapons that he sets yeah. up. Um, but yeah, that was that was the ultimate trap game, um, and with AD in foul trouble and no third option, as we said, no third option stepping up outside of LeBron and AD, that was the ultimate game that they were going to drop. Um, and if they would have dropped last night, last night, you know, then I think there would be some some trouble but they pulled out the, the game four win. I think it was one hundred two ninety six. It was closer probably than it should be, should have been. Um, but they pulled out, you know, they're, they're up 3-1. I don't see them dropping a 3-1 lead. I don't see them dropping another game, honestly. I think it's five. I predicted six yeah. in, in, the, in our, our NBA Finals preview podcast, but I think it's going to be five. I don't see LeBron and AD uh, giving up that that fifth game. Um, yeah. They don't but, wanna, yeah, they yeah
2: the urgency's on. It seems like they
0: want to, yeah. And here's the thing, dude. It's like, it's the bubble. Yeah. They're done. They're over it. Uh, They want to get home. They want this season to be over with. Yeah. I didn't say
2: that publicly, but they, right.
0: Are right. I think the NBA wants to probably, you know, get a few more games out of it to get some of that advertisement sure. money. But I, I don't think there's a few more games left. I think there's one game left. Uh, Let's, let's dig deeper into game four. Yeah. Tight game. Um. Yeah, I was questioning the heat shot selection in the third quarter.
2: I, I, you know, what are they – I don't I – don't, I kind of questioned that. And they they, they were uh, trailing 75-70 going into the fourth. Um, And then, you know, they're down 81-78. Looks like 80 gets banged up. And then the Lakers kind of went into some mode where they took some bad shots. But they got – a good. They got the offensive rebounds. Is is the rebounding yeah, they problem did. for Miami? What's yeah. oh, yeah. Miami's problem? Yeah. Long yeah. rebounds off the three-pointer seems to be a huge problem for them this year.
0: In the fourth quarter, it definitely was last night. I mean, yeah. I think Rajon Rondo ended up with eight or nine rebounds. And yeah. a lot of the – I think he had like three offensive rebounds in the fourth quarter or something like that. Especially yeah. he had that one-off. I mean, LeBron was settling for just yeah. the shots down the stretch. Uh, long threes. LeBron, LeBron, LeBron
2: he throws up some bricks. I think mean, that's why they go off. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's <laughs> Kobe a ball game.
0: Kobe threw up bricks too. They just looked better.
2: Um, sure, sure.
0: They they just looked a lot better. But yeah, Rondo had a couple big time offensive rebounds, and we you know, for as much much heat as Contavious Caldwell Pope has taken over his his Laker career, uh, he 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 stepped up big time last night. Uh, In in the fourth quarter and hit some big shots down the stretch. Why? So you asked me why people why Laker fans don't like LeBron. I'm going to ask you why don't Laker fans like (laughs) Contarius Caldwell Pope? Uh, maybe it's some residue
2: from like not getting CP3, the the trade with Anthony Davis. You know who do we have? We gave up a lot for Anthony Davis. That talk is going to be dead after they win this final. That talk Mm -hmm. is basically dead after Anthony Davis hit that three.
0: I can't. I can't remember what I said about the trade. I. I yeah. Back when we recorded that podcast, it I was, just
2: think it was like, "Wow, this really happened." I think that was everybody's reaction.
0: But I don't think they gave up too much. I think maybe what no. I said is I would have included Kuzma instead of Ball. Yeah.
2: But perhaps, and some people would say they would include Kuzma instead of Ingram. Ingram. Yeah.
0: You know. Sure. Yeah. Either um, one
2: of those two, I would agree.
0: Either I way. Agreed. Either way, it worked out really well. Like, you, you, you never give up too much when you're getting a guy who's going to contribute to an NBA championship run. You know what I mean? Correct. Like, LeBron— and We can
2: say that. Now that I think about it, we said it's a player's league. It's a superstar league. If you get one of the three to five best players, that's what dominates. That makes a difference. So, I mean, I think we were right in that regard. Again, the Lakers, we, we, we've talked a lot about having those number two picks that they've had over the few years when they were bad. And, and some of them worked, some of them didn't. And, and we also talked about the expectations of Kuzma. Not really sure how good Kuzma is, but at where he was picked, it's a lot less pressure. Yeah. And that's no doubt about it. I mean, he might be a decent player at his pick. He wouldn't be a good player at a number two pick.
0: No. No, neither. Just- and, and, and Lonzo Ball hasn't Lonzo lived up really- to that number two pick either.
2: Yeah, exactly. So, we're kind of in that same boat there. Um, again, I think we kind of, I think we kind of predicted those things pretty well. Those couple of items we said, whether it's our prediction that you predicted that the Heat would do well, that the Lakers, uh, you know, would have the advantage here, would would get good out of the AD trade, that would be good for them. We were we were on, we were good on that. Um, you know. So it's very interesting to see this series played out. And I also think it goes to, now it even heightens more the fact, what we talked about with Doc Rivers and the Clippers. I think when the Lakers win this championship, I think the Clippers are going to be like, dang, we really did miss a good opportunity to play them to show we were better. Because I think because the Lakers have kind of got by Denver and are going to get by Miami, it seems, you know, without 100% the most uh resistance possible. Yeah. I mean there's good teams don't get me wrong. I think they are good teams, but the Lakers are in control of both series that like it's going to go back to that Clipper series that never took place that people are going to look back and be like now we understand why Doc Rivers moved on. Because at sure. the beginning we were like, you know, I don't think we need to get rid of Doc Rivers. Maybe they might get rid of him a few weeks later and that came to fruition. And he's already been picked up, which we you know that's as not, expected uh, that's not unexpected, no, no, He's no, highly regarded coach
0: yeah, he is, and so we we don't even really need to talk about the finals much more. um we think both we'll think Lakers in five now I think it's a, a foregone conclusion that the Lakers is their seventeenth or eighteenth yeah, championship when they're seventeenth seventeenth
2: tie to tie Boston, you know when yeah when when eighty made that three pointers hundred and ninety one, you can kind of see like, okay, finally we got some breathing room. And, you know, Rondo didn't have a good game, per se, like, scoring-wise, even shooting-wise, and he's susceptible to that. But, again, like you said, a couple big steals, eight, eight or so rebounds, seven assists, and then he had that driving layup that was like, he just took his man off the dribble, finished with that right
0: hand on the left side like he likes to do. And uh, the Heat
2: Raw looking at each other like, what the hell just happened? Like, yeah, he he just blew by you guys,
0: guys. Guys like him... And guys like Alex Caruso, they're, they're, you, a lot of people look at stat lines and are like, oh, well, Alex Caruso had four points and two rebounds and one assist, but they don't watch the game closely and see him chasing down loose balls or closing out on a, on a three-point shooter and uh, taking a charge or you know, making the extra pass and things like that that Caruso does and things like Rondo does with his defense that really makes a huge difference in a championship run. Yeah. And I think you got to, I think especially, you know, younger players, um, the, and the NBA is powered by 1% stars, right? 1% of the NBA players are, are superstars. LeBron, James Harden, guys. AD. Yeah. There's like, yes, yeah, c- you know, eight guys that you can, you can count off the top of your head who are superstars. And then you have guys like Alex Caruso who will probably have a 12 year NBA career. And, and, be a contributor to multiple playoff teams, right? Yeah. Um, and, and here's the thing about John Rondo, Ronnie. He he went to Oak Hill Academy. He went to Kentucky. He was a, a blue chip recruit. Yeah. And he's been a very, very good NBA player, but he's not been a superstar NBA player. No,
2: he's just been a hell of a playoff player. Yeah. I've said many times on the pod or on social media, like go look at his stats, go look at what he does. He's been a key to a lot of really good teams. Um, You know, Back to KCP, you know, I, I saw some of our, the coaches that we know, both of us know, Dev, and they were kind of like, "Wait, you didn't play? Over, oh, you know, you overplayed him on the wrong side. Should not have played him straight up." But I'm like, "Dude, he just that was just an explosive drive and a great dribble drive. He, I think the defender was ready. He just was faster. That was just a great offensive play." Yeah, I thought. You know, he just blew by the guy, which you're like, "Whoa, Casey, he like finished." <laughs> that was just a hell of a energy burst by at that point in the game, you because you know, LeBron ain't driving by nobody right now. No, um, Danny Green's not driving by nobody. Like, aren't no, you, the Lakers don't have guys. That's why I'm a little surprised. Are you a little surprised, Devin, that you we're not giving the Lakers enough like credit for their closeout D and perimeter D because it doesn't. They seem to be smarter than Miami. Miami getting in the air on stupid plays. Foul you're fouling Markeith Morris on a yeah. pump big three pointer. I mean, how why do why are you even getting near him? He's not gonna make that shot. Let him if he if in other words I am speaking from a coach speak. Let no, him chew. Yeah, yeah. You.
1: yeah right. he's capable so, of making
2: it. He's in the NBA, but he ain't making that fucking three pointer. Like, <laughs> let him shoot it. You know what I mean? so, <laughs> I don't
1: get that. So I the think, he'd have
0: been undisciplined to me. So here, here's kind of what I'm thinking with the Marquise Morris thing, or over closing out on KCP or Caruso yeah. or anybody, or Danny Green for that case. He's been he, he's not been very good in the in the finals. Is So Marquise Morris was five for eleven from three in game two. He made five threes, so okay, he can make shots. But the Heat, I mean, in was it no game three? My bad, game three, five for eleven. The Heat won game three. Yeah. So you want Marquise Morris making five three pointers? You yeah, don't want to foul Marquise Morris at three point line.
2: Yeah, you want you'll win the series if 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 you think if the Heat think they're gonna win the three pointer, I'm sorry, the title with Marquis Morse hitting threes, they're gonna the, the Lakers are gonna win.
0: They're yeah, yeah they're not gonna cool. win if he's if he's their main you know third right. scoring option. Um, and,
2: and I think that's my brother. Fun, brother Devin, we see Devin, and that's what we mean. You see, especially at the high school level, when a kid hits a three pointer, and you're like, oh boy, he's gonna take four or five more.
0: Right? The other yeah. Teams,
2: other coaches like, yeah,
0: perfect. yeah, we're gonna. Li- We're going to live by that. And I think my brother brought up a good point in how they've defended Duncan Robinson, chasing him over screens, off the three-point line, forcing him to put it on the deck. And then if you noticed um, the last couple games, every time there's a switch and Duncan Robinson gets guarding somebody, whether it's KCP, whether it's LeBron, whether it's anybody on the perimeter, Danny Green, the Lakers make it a point to go to that player and isolate against Duncan Robinson defensively. And I think one of the keys that we both mentioned in our preview was, you have to expose their bad defenders, and Duncan Robinson's a terrible defender,
2: terrible. Wow,
0: interesting. Yeah, and that's what that's what they've been doing. And then Lakers
2: have been a good defensive team, uh, team defensive wise. Maybe they have a little lapses here and there individually, but overall they're good defensive uh, wise as a team. Um, and they they're pretty good in transition. They're not great in transition, but they they get it done. They get fouled or they make a shot. So, uh, you know. It, it, it's going to be uh, unless it's a historic collapse of
0: epic proportions. We've seen it uh, before. We've seen it yeah. before. People, they yeah, people blow three really one leads all the time, man. You yeah, yeah, especially
2: got to finish it out. So we'll we'll see yeah. how focused they come in later this week. And as you're listening to this pod in, in Game Five, it, it would be LeBron James's fourth NBA title, his third with a, a third team. He obviously won the historic one for. The people, the great people of Cleveland, and he got the two titles in, in Miami.
0: You sound um, you sound like a presidential candidate, the great people of Cleveland. Ronnie, <laughs> Ronnie Flores, 2024. What, what, what do we think?
2: Oh, boy. We'll see what we get there. We'll see if we get through this year. I mean, we, we still got three months to go. That is true. We thank you guys for, uh, you know, continuing to listen in during the pandemic. Now, let's speak a little bit about the pandemic and, like you said, about the uh just the game in general. Okay. Um, you know, we have to bring it up because it's so prevalent, uh, especially with this this social uh, conservative Clay Travis and a more liberal Darren Rovell. They just keep talking about the <laughs> Darren ratings Rovell all day long. The ratings, yeah. the ratings, yeah. the ratings. Yeah. You know, why are the ratings down? Oh, <laughs> go woke, go broke. Oh, no, it's not that. You know, they just <laughs> they go on and on. And again, like I said, it's doomsday tweeting. Everything is now because we've been locked in the house for five or six months. Everything is a crisis. Everything is, you know, over, over examined, in my opinion. Yeah. Um. So, give your highlight thoughts on that, and I'll give mine, and and just tell people what we're talking about.
0: Oh man, I, I think you know I don't follow Clay Travis, nor do I follow Darren Rovell. So uh, no. I see some of their stuff They're pop not up online. Pillars. That's yeah, straight. yeah, exactly. So I see some of the. I see some of. Uh, there's stuff pop up on my timelines oh, when sure. someone else retweets it, whatever it may be. But
2: somebody's gonna retweet it. That's what Yeah, I'm yeah of course, yeah.
0: of course, of course. But I, yeah. I follow Mark Cuban, and I saw him and Ted Cruz. Uh, <laughs> he's a Ted Cruz senator in Texas, yeah. right? Yeah, he's a senator. In Texas. Yeah, yeah. U.S. senator out of Texas, going going at each other, talking to Ted Cruz, talking about, yeah, I, I didn't watch. Uh, I don't watch any NBA finals games this year. Did you ever watch the NBA finals, bro? Like, yeah. I mean, honestly, did did you ever? So uh Mark Mark Cuban kind of took him, you know, through the cleaners a little bit and I I mean so I I don't think I think the interest level for this championship is specifically down because um market-wise, Miami Lakers isn't isn't sexy. You know what I'm saying? Like the the average NBA fan who's a fan of the Indiana Pacers is not watching Lakers versus versus Heat would they watch lakers versus celtics probably probably would they have watched lakers versus uh, sixers maybe would they have watched lakers versus bucks more than likely because the bucks were yeah. supposedly the best well, team in the nba
2: i just think if you the lakers play the clippers that it's going to bring more uh,
0: that's the that's the de facto they, championship
2: yeah and then they and then they bring in they beat whatever team wins that seven game series or something, then that brings more momentum if they play the Bucks, like you said. I think more people would be watching that.
0: Yeah. They just and would I think,
2: because it's a build up. There's I think no build up for the Heat.
0: And let's yeah. be honest, they're
2: not that well known. They're good basketball players. They're just not well that well known. I would even argue that Jimmy Butler's not even that well known.
0: Agree. I agree with you hundred percent on that. Jimmy Butler had a reputation before uh, you know, his this this really impressive playoff run of being a guy who was like a uh, I guess a locker room issue or whatever it may be, or you know he wasn't uh, a style of leader that people took to, but he's obviously disproved both of those things. And I, I think the ratings are down for a couple of reasons. One being the lack of uh, intrigue, I guess, with this this yeah. matchup. Uh, second thing being, it's competing against the NFL and college football, even though those are kind of shaky as yeah, well because. A- oh, oh. It's yeah, October. it's October and then playoff baseball as well is going on. So th- that's, a number, that's another factor. And I think what this sh- has shown me, Ronnie, the bubble and this playoff atmosphere, I think the NBA needs to try to get rid of the East versus Western Conference and just go 16 teams in order of how they finish record-wise and play it that way so that the best two teams at the end of the day are playing each other.
2: Yeah, many because series sometimes they're not, and like you said, maybe that Clippers-Lakers series would have been the most intense and exciting series from a
0: fan perspective. And if you think about it, most of the time, most of the time, the West Coast, the Western Conference, has better teams and better players. Most of the I time, like
2: that, for about twenty, basically since Jordan retired.
0: Right, since Jordan retired, the West, yeah. the Western Conference has been overall for the majority of the years had better talent and better teams. So if you, if you take them and seed them in order of how they finished, regardless of conference, no conference affiliation at all, I think you end up with a better long-term playoff product. What, what are your thoughts on why the ratings are struggling?
2: The ratings are struggling because um, if, you, if you keep highlighting the individual, like we said, it's a player's league, especially in the, in the LeBron James era. It's it's about the players even more than it's about the teams in per se. Like, you know, if you watch Celtics 76ers back in the day, Lakers-Celtics, the team was still a big factor. You're rooting for the team. Okay. you rooting against the team. Okay. So as LeBron has become this big and the biggest figure in basketball since Jordan, but he really hasn't had a lot of uh, a, a rival to go up against. So when the Heat make the final, people are like, the Heat? Like, it's just... It's not that interesting to them because you've been hyping the individual up so much, so that's one thing: October, I think people have patterns. This is not normal. we're not in a normal year. People want to hang out in warm weather. maybe they haven't seen their buddies in a while, especially in l a like you know, uh people like to go to sports bars and hang out or, or backyard little barbecues and watch the Lakers. They do that. People do that in May and June. It's a way to get together. It's a social aspect that's gone. So now like, you're locked up on your computer. How many more stream things are you going to watch? You've been watching The Last Dance. You've been watching reruns of – it's not that exciting. Maybe you'll put your stream on. Maybe you won't. Like I'll go do something else. You know, I, it's – the viewing patterns are a little different. And yeah, and It's I think, not that exciting. Like it's not – I'm not fired up if I'm – like you said, I live in Denver or live in San yeah. Antonio to put on yeah. the heat. Yeah. Not like – I'm turn, with you. I gotta I'm turn, with you on turn that. Turn on my computer – Open my window. Okay, go find the freaking link, <laughs> You know that to get me to the uh, TNT or and you know ESPN. Sometimes that's a drag. Honestly, it is. It, then yeah. it has to load. It's like it's not the same as having your buddies over drinking or barbecuing with the TV just on.
0: Yeah, it's there's a little different. There's no there's no Dove Shack summertime in the LBC right now. Yeah, um, it's it's all, and I think Dude, one if of you, if
2: you come on. Let's be honest. We go to. A freaking bar, even if you're not drinking, to, to to watch the game and to see some hot chicks. Let's just, I mean, just cut the cut to the crap. We don't have that right now.
0: Do so, they? Do they have? We'll do, do they have else. a Laker game on at the Rhino? Because that's where I'd prefer to go.
2: Yeah, I mean, that, yeah, that's. <laughs> I mean, if you're gonna go to like Legends in Long Beach or downtown, to you know, near LA Live, part of the attraction is chicks, you know, attractive people. Yeah. I mean and you're outdoors, it's warm. Now it's like, dude, we got this pandemic, do I really want to go? Uh, you know, so
0: there's that factor. Another important think... point another important point I think that 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 you brought something you brought up that logged something to my mind was yeah. a lot of a lot of people my age and younger, yeah, they, they refuse to pay for cable television. Correct. So we have a different viewing in consumption. Finding pattern. yeah, finding those streams, like some people don't want to take the time to do that. Yeah, to find, irritating to them. To find those streams, they just they just don't care. They will you know look on Twitter to get updates or wait for wait for Sports Center. But a lot of people don't pay for for cable. They don't pay for cable bills. And it they seems pay like Hulu, uh, Netflix, things like that.
2: It seems like our guy Matt Rodriguez made a point the other day. Like everything's getting the stream is getting more expensive. YouTube TV and stuff like that. It's yeah. almost It's almost like a, a basic cable package.
0: When so here's my thing. So when my wife and I first moved in together. I'm like, we have we have to have cable because spectrum. We have to have Spectrum because I need the Laker channel. I need the Laker channel. I gotta watch those games because they're not always televised on TNT. And she's like, well, you know, we can figure out a way to do it where we get multiple packages for streaming. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's cheaper. And I priced it out, man. It's the same price. It's the same wow. price. Maybe even more. I
2: could see that because you want all your different things, maybe
0: you whether you're doing Netflix, Hulu uh no. hbo now, now. Disney plus or whatever disney, it is. Or whatever I, I don't watch disney but disney plus uh <laughs> i don't watch disney. Uh, any any of that stuff like if you add all that together yeah. it's still the same price as getting spectrum or whatever cable provider you have direct tv whatever it may be it's still the same price it's just it's just uh uh the new cool like hip way to be um yeah, yeah sometimes- I I got cable, same price. I, I watch the games, but not everyone pays for cable, especially people my age and younger. They just don't want to do it for some reason. I don't know why. Um you know, it's it's that whole, you know, go against the man type of uh, thing, yeah. but
2: and then it also let's not be honest, what's consuming nobody's hearing stories. I don't hear Devin no good background stories about some of the heat players. I think ESPN and other outlets missed the boat a bit. Give us a little five minute uh five minute insight on, on That's a long time. Like like a little feature on some of the heat players. Maybe one in game two, one in game three. Right. Uh you no, know, yeah. Like half time, give a little feature. I think we it's... Know about LeBron, you know, we don't know nothing about these heat players. The average fan knows nothing. Yeah. I you think... know, there hasn't been enough feet, so what what I'm trying to get at is and I'll say TNT too. It can't just be ESPN's fault, but they're, they're the two main channels that have the broadcast rights. But what's dominating the news cycle? We have a, the most um, talked-about president in terms of whether it's good or bad. He's he's always in the news cycle. He got the most deadly virus that the world has been talking about. Did
0: he? Did he? Are we sure we got? Are we sure he yeah. got it? Are and we if run? he
2: didn't get it, that's something to talk about. So, like, <laughs> honestly, let's be honest. That's going to get talked about more than Jimmy Butler and yeah. um, Duncan,
0: Duncan Robinson. Robinson. Yeah.
2: You know what I mean? It just is. That's another. This hasn't been the case. If you're looking at June of, uh, you know, 2017, there's no election. There's no pandemic. Uh, people are going to be tuned in. Like we said, they're ready for a vacation. They're ready for the yeah. school year
0: to end. That's another. Really yeah. good point is just yeah. uh, the 24-hour coverage of the atrocity that is the Trump presidency and the Trump yes. administration. That coverage uh, of it, yeah. It's, it's just, it. just it's just every day, there, every day there's something new to yeah. to just flood your Twitter timeline, um, and and then you add in the the shit show of a debate that went on <laughs> last week, and then now we have the vice presidential debate coming up this week. Uh, there's just so many other dominate- things to. There's so many other things and, and that are kind of more I guess more important to the future of our country than a Lakers heat final. Um especially uh, at this time. Especially three at
2: weeks, four time. weeks away from it. And then is, yeah. you know, it, it it also gets to the point of we got the message. People got the message, we're ready for the change. We get it that um Brianna Taylor was, you know, passed away in, in a fashion she shouldn't have. Uh, you know, we get those points. Now we're ready for the change. So when, when the NBA players say, or I would say have to say LeBron James because he's the most visible guy, when he says, you know, we're worried and we're scared and we're fearful, and he's saying himself and, and other African Americans, but when he's saying it, some of the fans are saying, okay, um, we get that, but then, we, You know, you're you're playing sports, and that's how we know you by. So kind of like we get the fact that Brianna Taylor or somebody else may be unjustly uh, treated, but they don't think that those players, for whatever reason, are being in that, especially in that bubble environment. And then we hear, as LeBron James is in the bubble, that he just bought a $32 million house. For some people, that's just not going to resonate. They're going to be like, how do these things add up? They don't because they, they just lost their job. There's a bunch of people that bought, lost their job. There's a bunch of people that are down on their luck. They're just not into basketball when they hear about guys, I guess, talking about how bad things are when they just bought a thirty million dollar home. Some people are yeah. just not gonna be turned. They're gonna be like, ah, okay, maybe not. I'll I'll go we'll do something else.
0: Sure, and no, those are the kind of people who. Yeah. I choose not to be involved with because here's yeah. the thing. We're, we're all Americans. No matter if LeBron James is making $30 million, he deserves yeah. that because of what he does for a living. Sure. I'm, I'm not. I'm with, I'm with that. I, I'm not, I don't I, think he's overpaid. I'm not 6'9", 260. I, I'm not a freak athlete. I, you know yeah. what I mean? Like LeBron James is one of one. Yeah. He, there's nobody like him, right? So sure. He, he's the best player in the world. He's the best basketball player in the world. He draws all these eyes. He sells tons of clothes and shoes, and he deserves a $30 million, $30 million home. If he wants and, you know, <laughs> he's He's an American citizen. Uh, I'm sure he pays taxes. Um, you know, He has the right to vote, so he also has the right to speak out on what he thinks is, is right and wrong um, in, in this country because we're, at, at some point we're all Americans, Ronnie. Yeah. Um, we all have – no matter how much money you make or how much money you don't make – um, we all have the right to an opinion on how the country should be run and who should be in charge of it. So uh, I don't, I don't, I, I understand your point, and that may turn some people off. But those are the type of people who, you know, don't consume the NBA anyways in the not, first place.
2: Not in uh, diehard fashion. They're going to tune out anyway. Yeah,
0: they're going to tune in anyway to tune out. Exactly. They're they're looking for a way to uh, go on Twitter and, you know, Place try and lame. try and rile up their fans or their base and, you know, make more money for themselves in, in a way, get more listens to their podcasts or whatever it may be. Sure. Um
2: oh, yeah, I'm just throwing the different sure. um, yeah, no. uh, yeah. angles yeah. out though, that could be factors. Yeah. And I can see that that could that be a factor, especially now. People are not in a they're not in a good state. Uh they're a little mentally down, um, because they've been holed up in their houses. They're they're not happy about what's going on across the country
0: well yeah mental mental health issues are probably i mean they're always at at a heightened you know sense right now because of just the the social media era and kind of uh you know needing instant gratification or you know the uh the the always in panic mode you know way that people tweet about politics or sports or uh yeah. anything whatever it may be it's, it's music everything
2: i think it's it's had an effect on this in addition to those other factors that we mentioned, the finals.
0: Yeah, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt.
2: And it's it's, it's 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 something that, like you said, we may never get to those Jordan numbers again. I saw this thing, I think it was for game two or three, where it was 5.8 million. And then it showed the Jazz closeout series game. And it, the people watching were like 35 million. Like we may never reach those numbers again because that was a time and a place for that.
0: Well, there's, yeah. There's always there's always going to be ebbs and flows to the yeah. way people consume it, and that's
2: and, another thing. Yeah, the, the the ratings went down when Jordan retired from right. the Bulls,
0: right? Right, and then
2: I hate to say it, I wasn't that interested in the Spurs and, and Pistons finals. I liked the basketball, but it it had the same feel as, as the Heat, like sure, Spurs and Pistons, <laughs> <laughs> but it was still good basketball. But it, it wasn't was. the Celtics and Lakers,
0: right? You're yeah, it, the, this series and the ones that you mentioned after Jordan retired they really lost the average uh, run-of-the-mill fan who tunes Correct. in for superstars. Correct. You know what I mean? They, they tune in to see Jordan. They tune in to see Kobe and Shaq. They tune in the a- AD-LeBron connection while they're two of the, the five best players in the league. I, I don't think a lot of the average fan, like an Indiana Pacers fan or a uh, Toronto Raptors <laughs> fan, yeah. Or Oklahoma City Thunder fan is tuning into these games. I really don't.
2: Yeah, and we we'll, and we talked about it before. We don't want to spend too much more time on it, but we talked about it before. We'll, the the next step is who's going to replace LeBron as the, you know, kind of the face of the league and, and how's it going to go from here? The league is strong. It's going to have its ebb and flows. I'm sure there's going to be a little um LeBron hangover when he retires just like there was a LeJordan Jordan hangover. And we'll see Luca or uh, the Greek freak. Somebody might take the mantle or it might be a little down period in terms of of uh you know having a superstar in, in the highest ratings possible. But overall, the league's strong, and uh they did a good job, and they are doing a good job with this bubble. yeah, and uh you know it's, they should be something they should be happy about. I think it went off as about as good as it it can now that it's coming down to the end. Yeah, and uh, you know we're we're as we as we transition, they have some closure. I just think college basketball and high school don't. Yeah, you know, we're getting ready for another season. Uh, the NCAA has uh, extended the dead period to at least January first. So that means any events, any showcases between now and then, here in early October, they will have no college coaches. But we do have some. Dates, concrete dates for uh, 2021 for the next live period. And again, this is not assuming that colleges, coaches won't be able to watch some high school games in early 2021. But for the next live period where they'll get a big viewing sample, which they haven't since March of 2020, will be for travel teams the weekend of April 9th and 11th, and then a second weekend for the spring. April 23rd through 25th and then for they are gonna have a the sanctioned scholastic version as they call it with the high school team camps they will have two weekends for that doesn't mean a state will sanction an event for two straight weekends but there'll be two straight weekends to choose which one you want to go on June 18th and June 20th or June 25th and 27th which is quite interesting because the CIF final will be basically ending then. Yeah.
0: yeah no. what, what's the – do we know – Do I can't remember the official date for the end CIF of – CIF final? CIF championship. Not, yeah, 19th. it's like June 19th. So the yeah. team camps could potentially be going on at the same time as the – Yeah. So you the, figure California,
2: uh, if they do sanction a camp, which I'm not sure they will. Yeah, who I think knows? They, if there was no pandemic, they probably would be heading toward that. I think the pandemic threw that back a year or two. Mm-hmm. So I, with their CIF final coming up on that June, I don't think they'll do it this year. Yeah, they definitely won't do it that first weekend, maybe second. We're probably looking at 222 for CIF involvement at earliest. That's crazy. And then, uh, for, but there'll be some kind of Section 7 or some kind of camp in the West. Like I said, June 18th through 20th, June 25th through 27th. Then the travel teams go again. That will probably be the big weekend of the uh, shoe-sponsored events. Uh Notably, the Peach Jam was connected to the EYBL, which was there was none in two That'll be
0: July 8th through 11, July eighth through 11th of 2021. Getting too many of these spam calls, Ronnie. And then July 20, I'm running 25th. for the water. I'm running. I'm running for Water Board of Orange County. Vote for me. No, no. I start blocking. Those I'm not numbers. voting for you. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah.
2: And then J- July 20 to 25th, the NC academies are coming back. Now again, they. I went to the first year in 219. Then they 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 were supposed to be the second year, and they didn't have it. And those need, as we talked about it, Devin, uh, some fine tuning. We talked about that on an on an old uh, pod. So those are the dates. So make sure to mark them down. Uh, these are very important dates. Uh, you know, especially if you're in California, because there's some overlap. And I've I tweeted about this before. We've talked about this before. Make sure you communicate and your high school and your club coach knows what you're doing you have a plan
0: and you share that plan with people yep yep. it's always better to over-communicate than to under-communicate with your high school coaches especially with how all of this especially in the CIF southern section and other CIF sections how all of this is going to be intertwined as we mentioned update to the NCAA live period schedule for 221 April 9th through 11th it's going to be live for travel teams April 23rd to 25th is going to be live for travel teams and June 18th to 20th is going to be live for high school team camps. And all three of those are also during potentially during the CIF season. Correct. For, for a regular high school season. So long as, you know, we're able to, um, get through it and the pandemic is, you know, somewhat in the rear view mirror. Yeah. So who, who knows where we'll be then. Um, Another issue, Ronnie, I wanted to touch on real quick um, is an eligibility thing here with, with the NCAA. Um, the pandemic has really impacted how the NCAA is dealing with transfers, right? Sure. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of, I'm sure there's a lot of waiver requests. There always are. There's, you know, over a thousand transfers uh, this past season for college basketball uh, in the quote-unquote transfer portal you know, one of one of our favorite things to watch. Um, and, you know, you see guys moving and getting immediately eligible because of the pandemic guy like Johnny Juzang going from Kentucky to UCLA, immediately eligible. Um, Landers, nolly, a recent one from Virginia tech to Memphis, immediately eligible. And then you look in football, it's happening too. Um, you know, mission viejo uh, alums, the schooler brothers uh, transfer from Arizona to Texas and Texas tech respectively. And, we immediately eligible. Um, right away. They're playing now. Then you go to a story that I saw on Twitter. I stated Jay Billis wrote, uh, Miami, Ohio guard, Nike Sabande was denied a waiver request for his eligibility. And he transferred from Miami, Ohio to Pittsburgh. Ronnie, I'm not, I'm not sure if you read the, were able to read the story, but I, I have some, some bullet points here. Um, so there's more than 100 requests already granted for immediate immediate eligibility for college basketball players. Um, only seven have been denied. Um, in Billis' story, he said that he spoke to Miami coach Jack Owens and an administrator, and they initially told him that the reason for the request the reason that the request was denied was because Sabande had said he had been run off, meaning they had basically taken his scholarship away. Sure. and uh, didn't want him back on the team but has got his hands on some documents that showed that Sabande wanted to transfer to Pittsburgh to be closer to help take care of his his young daughter um so do you, I mean it's just a crazy web of things there obviously um, they were caught in a lie uh, based on why they you know denied or you know said that he shouldn't have immediate eligibility what are your thoughts on? NCAA teams having the ability to block a player's transfer overall, like having anything in it.
2: Yeah, I think years ago, I would be like, hey, you know, you transfer, you sit out. But that seems to change. People are more in tune with players' rights, especially since they're not really compensated as of now. And especially since because you can't uh, either police it or execute it consistently. Like, you know, Ju Zhang is eligible, but. This other guy is not, you know. Right. Just let them all be eligible or not let them be eligible. You know what I mean? Like, one way, I think they should just be eligible. Right. You don't deny a chemistry major from taking chemistry classes at, for a year at his new school. It doesn't yeah. make sense to me. Right. You know, it's – I get the fact that you don't want colleges recruiting – uh, other committed players, but that's hey, that's life. They're they're over eighteen years old.
0: It's already happening. It's already happening. Yeah,
2: yeah. That, that, if 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 you work for two four seven sports, uh, if ESPN, you meet an ESPN executive, you might say, "Hey, well, you know, let's talk about maybe a job one day." That yeah. you know, when yeah, you, or when's your contract up? It had that's real life. So if it applies in real life, it should apply to a college student, like sure, that. you know, people. I guess the word is fillers. They put out fillers. They have fillers. They, I'm maybe looking for a new job. They move. Well, you know, I want to make a little more money. That half That's part of life. That's it part goes of back the, the w- economy cycle and part of the employment cycle in America.
0: So it goes back. It goes back to you know social media having an impact. It's like if if the college coaches aren't like reaching out to a guy who's interested in transferring, right? Which I'm sure there's plenty of of, of coaches who do that across the board, whether it's football, basketball, whatever. Yeah. Players are in each other's DMs saying, hey, like, you know, you, you want to come play here? This is what we're looking at. You should come here, you know, trying to influence their friend or guy to come to their school and play with them. Like it, it's happening all the time. Um, like I just
2: I told, And like I told somebody on a, 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 a Zoom call about recruiting, I went on a Zoom call about recruiting maybe three weeks ago or so. And they won't admit this, but we know this happens. When a kid commits to a certain college, and yep. maybe we know that's not a great fit, there's already colleges back near where he li- grew up. Be like, we may get him on the bounce back. I'm kind of looking like, we're we're yeah, probably going to yeah. get him on the bounce back. Oh, yeah. That happens. Oh, of course. So now they may not happen, but they have an idea that that kid is not going to be there for four years. Yeah. It's just the nature of the business. So I think kids should be eligible. You know, we're saying kids. Young men should be eligible um in that regard I, cuz i i don't see how they police it and 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 uh apply it to one and not another it's like you don't have time and resources and money to be investigating like a detective each case
0: Just, but the sad thing is the sad thing is they do and the yeah, players don't have do. the money right exactly yeah, they try to the, do and they look silly i think the one i think the one factor that should be considered in a transfer denial or like a sit out would be if the this player who was transferring was uh, removed from the school or kicked out of the school for a disciplinary reason, like a very serious disciplinary reason. Um, sure. That should be taken into account. But for for this guy, um, Nike Sabande to be denied a waiver request because uh, I, I don't know. I mean,
2: you don't know why he was denied it,
0: <laughs> right? Exactly. What what was the reasoning there, as opposed to you know other players who our guy reviewed, Johnny Juzing. I love Johnny Juzang. Love our guy Johnny Juzang.
2: Yeah, I don't want to. I'm not picking. I want up him to play. Just, I want him to why play. Is, yeah. Why is he eligible? What, the yeah.
0: not? What's the difference, right? Exactly. That, yeah. That's really what. It just. I wanted to bring that up, just kind of show. Um, you know, you look at you look at the the current state of our uh, administration that's uh, running the country. The hypocrisy there. Uh, I think the second level of hypocrisy under them is the NCAA, Ronnie. So that's kind of what, what prompted me to bring that up. Um, but let's transition into some more high school stuff. Ronnie, remember last week you told uh, our Twitter fans, viewers, followers to um, hit us up if, if they wanted us to talk some more standouts from the Pangos All West Camp? Sure. And unfortunately, I only had one. I was hoping to have more. One guy hit me up, our guy, uh, Richard Vargas from Dream Vision. He wants us to discuss uh, Jimmy Aladacon from Damien, Jeremiah Whitmore from Corona Centennial, and Kevin Patton Jr. from what high school? Do you you remember high school he goes to? I don't have my list in front of me.
2: Yeah, let me look at that. I'm trying to figure out what numbers they are.
0: Pull up your Uh, list.
2: Yeah, I see Jermaine Patton Jr., but that's probably not him. Kevin Patton Jr.
0: Kevin Patton was in the top 30 game.
2: Okay. Let's let, me get my let, me, let me go look at this.
0: Yeah, you're good. 156 is Kevin Patton Jr., Ronnie.
2: Got it. Yes, Kevin Patton. Now he's coming to prove. Because when it says Arizona Compass Prepper, yep. it kind of uh, ringed the bell. Because at first I said, who's Kevin Patton Jr.? You know? Okay.
0: Yeah. go You go ahead on him. I'll go on Jimmy. And okay. then we'll both talk about Whitmore.
2: Okay. So Kevin Patton Jr. is, I think, one of the better long-term prospects in this camp. Um, needs to work on his uh just strength getting stronger getting more acclimated with the the nuances of the game but as far as like his size mm-hmm. his um ability in the open court and and just he's a long athlete so um if he keeps developing his skills at about six 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 seven, he really has a chance to be good i don't quote me on this I believe he's from Milwaukee or the Wisconsin area or okay. somewhere in the midwest and he I believe so. I think that's where he's running, and, and he's coming west. And you know, he had six points in uh, the cream of the crop top thirty game, which is not bad, not great or bad. It's 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 he he deserving, and he did well. I think he did better in the in the in the camp games. And um, you know what I mentioned here in my notes, and as looking like him. Um, the first thing I put was he's got a chance, which means he's got a chance to be one of the better prospects, long-term prospects in the camp. Um, just, you know, continue to work on his uh, consistency in his shooting and and uh, intensity. And I, I think he, he has what, you know, he has a chance to be a good college college player. Okay. Um, you know, I, I, I like him and I would like to see him a little bit more. Obviously, I got a good snapshot the first time i seen him. Um I think he did well for himself in this camp.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's your take on Kevin Patton Jr., a six seven wing forward out of Arizona Compass Prep. Let's move to uh Jimmy Olatakon kind of from Damien. Ronnie, we he played, you know, sparing minutes last year on a very good Damian Laverne squad. Um but what I've noticed from Jimmy uh is that he's kind of gotten a little bit more comfortable away from the basket as a face up guy. Ronnie let me get you the number here. 127 in the top 30 game, 127. 6'7", 6'8", forward. Uh, He's kind of a face up and and shoot or face rip and go kind of guy. Um, Good instinctual rebounder. uh, Stays vertical on contest when, when blocking shots uh, defensively runs the floor. He's mobile, good hands. He reminds me a little bit of kind of Onyeko Okongwu when he was first on the scene in high school with Chino Hills. Just kind of that, that knack to be around the ball, knack to, you know, grab rebounds, uh, good footwork, uh, soft hands, uh, you know, able to hit that face up, you know, 15 to 17 to 20 footer. And for me, I think Jimmy has some some long-term upside as well.
2: Yeah. You got I, notes on him? I, I think he does have some good long-term upside. Um, From the Kongo Perry comparison, he's not as smooth. No. And he yeah. doesn't have the touch. Um, offensively, so that's something he needs to work on. Um, he's kind of like a little bit more. We talked about the uh, Miami Heat, kind of gets himself out of position slightly a little bit on defense over. Um, I guess not over. He uh, overcompensates at times or goes for the big play instead okay. of staying home. But those are little things he can just get better at. It's not, uh, you know, a huge knock on his game at his age. So he actually knocked down a couple threes and had some yeah, rebounds. Let me count it. He had yeah. one, two, three, four, five, six, six four, five, six. Six rebounds in the top 30 game. That's pretty good. Yeah. Because just the amount of time the players get. and Not a whole
0: and, lot of flow in those games.
2: Yeah. yeah, not a whole lot of flow. You come in and it'll come out in five minutes. So I give him uh, a lot of credit for getting out there. He's putting his face out there. He's getting out at these events where people on the West Coast can see him. So he's not, you know – He's, he wants to get better, and he has a chance to get better. And again, if he gets to six nine, six ten, I, you know, I don't know his. Nobody knows his projection uh, completely, but it looks like he's going to
0: grow. Ronnie, Ronnie, his his doc, his doctor called me. His growth plates are wide open, baby. <laughs> that's, what
2: that, that's what everybody says. The, hey, Devin, how many, Devin, how many times a year do you get do you get somebody, especially oh dad, saying the growth plates are open?
0: All the time, dude. All <laughs> the time, and let let me. As as someone whose growth plates were quote unquote wide open in the fifth grade when I was five ten and never grew again, yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter. You don't know anything about growth plates. Neither do you. Your doctors know shit about growth plates. It's something nice they say. It's I just, don't want to hear growth plates ever again.
2: Yeah, it's just something nice they say. I think. It, like, talk it to Sounds me,
0: good. Talk to me when you're six eleven and moving on the floor like Kevin Durant. Then we'll talk. We'll talk growth plates.
2: Wow. Yeah, I, I agree with you because, you know, as a Mexican guy, <laughs> Mexican American guy, growth plates are like what? Growth plates are like all big and strong in
0: eighth grade, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you then your yeah. growth plates your growth plates can be wide open and the next day they can close. Yeah, when do, do they close? That's no when nobody close.
2: ever answers that. Right. We talk about these freaking growth plates, when do they close? Do they have a <laughs> you know, we have a growth spurt, do we have a growth plate spurt where it closes? you know like a spurt of three months where they just
1: close here's
0: here's what i want to hear here's what i want to hear the next time i'm in a gym who knows when that'll be i want someone to come up to me ronnie and i want i want them to talk to me about their five foot six 224 point guard son and tell me yeah well you know the doctor said his growth plates are closed so this is what we're looking at that's what i want to hear i want someone to be honest about the growth plate. yeah the growth plate is done the growth plates are closed and the I'm guy's planning. a baller.
2: Like his growth plates are closed. He's, yeah, he's yeah, he's
0: really good. He's yeah. really good. He, he he's yeah. diamond up. He's got a triple double. But those damn growth plates are closed. Okay, you dropped yeah. fifteen spots in in my ranking. Sorry. Wow. No growth plates. You're done. You're screwed. Yeah.
2: I mean, it's such a one of those things that it's like almost not as bad as wingspan, but almost as bad. as uh, it. it's, it's
1: it's
0: He has a different. plus. He has a plus wingspan. Shut up.
1: Plus wingspan.
0: <laughs> I'm not gonna say it. he's. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> let's move on. Well, let's to the, talk. Move on to
2: Jeremiah yeah. Whitmore.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Corona Jeremiah, Centennial.
2: Jeremiah, uh, it sticks out to me again because again, you're watching in a camp setting versus watching in a high school setting. So we have a chance to watch him a lot. One of the, again, I haven't seen the guy from Arizona Compass Prep in a high school setting. That's why yeah. I'm saying I'm looking forward to seeing him again. So Jeremiah Whitmore, I will have a chance, and I have had a chance to see him in, in multiple settings. So. Well, the first thing that stands out to me, he's a specimen. Whoa, yeah, he, he looks like yeah, boy. He really is a specimen out there. Looks like a man, and, and, and he can looks like he can. Matt Logan could use him on the football team. Oh yeah, no yeah. doubt. So and that's just the first impression. That's always something I'm going to notice because I like players to be in shape and I like them to look strong. So one game, he's out shooting three pointers, and I'm thinking. He's never going to do this for Josh Giles this
1: upcoming yeah. season.
2: Yeah. And it didn't make him look good, you know, because, again, I have the advantage of knowing what he's going to be doing for his high school team. Yeah. So he's jacking three-pointers. They're not going down. Then he adjusts. and he kind of goes more inside. And as a camp game, he's excited in, in transition. And then he realizes that's where his strength is. And, and that is his strength. You know, get out, run, get a couple dunks, get, get loose. Maybe have a, sh- a couple shots fall that way. Go inside out. Maybe he's an inside-out player. He's definitely not an outside-in player. Sure. Um, you know he's not gonna get going by hitting two, three, three pointers in a in a in a quarter. He's gonna do it the other way around. Getting some rebounds, getting a block, getting a a key offensive rebound, or running in transition. And he's really good in that regard. And I think he did a good job. I think I will ding him a little bit in in my camp rankings because he's not fooling me he's not fooling you Devin he's 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 not going to be doing that uh this season for his t- high school team or that's not what he excels in so i i don't think that camp is the place to experiment i think it's to play to your strength so yeah i'm uh, with you you know, you know that that's just uh, and 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 i don't want i don't want over criticize and i'm just trying to get people in it uh, uh a a snapshot of what I'm thinking or what a scout is thinking in terms of do what you do to your advantage and do what you do best, not what you don't do best.
0: Yeah. I think that's a great point that you bring up about um, playing to your strengths in those camp settings rather than trying to experiment with what you're not good at. Because you want to, especially when you're playing in an exposure camp, the idea is to show your best self to, the media scouts in attendance, and gauge yourself against uh, players of similar age from various different parts of the region. Right? You want to see where you yeah. stack up against those guys, but you also want to uh, put your best game forward and show what y- what you're good at, as opposed to you know a workout where Jeremiah Whitmore should be working on his ball skills. He should be working on his perimeter jump shot all of those things that could help him transition from the undersized four type of position to the wing. Yeah. Because right now he's a high energy, physical freak athlete, very good rebounder, uh, rim runner in transition, uh, you know, power finisher through contact and above the rim on the break. And those are all great things. And he has a, a chance to be a versatile defender. Um, as long as he's buying into you know what Corona Centennial does on the defensive end, because you know Coach Giles, what he does is put out he puts out really good defensive teams and really good defensive players. So if Jeremiah he's is able to
2: defend, and he's going to help that team tremendously. Yeah,
0: Jeremiah has plenty of upside um, as a college prospect. Um, obviously, still some tools to develop offensively.
2: Sure, and he's got three seasons to do
0: it. He has plenty of time to do it. Um, but as far as the physical makeup that we look for, Ronnie and kind of the energy and the motor, he's got all those things, and he's got a bright future.
2: Yeah, exactly. He just needs to fine-tune and keep working, and that's the whole point. And hopefully when we see him next time, you know, that that is something he keeps to develop. And and all these kids, they're all young. They're all 223, 224, so they all have time to develop. Hopefully they get in front of some eyeballs early next year in 221. But let's talk about some players uh, for the next camp in this uh, Pangos Fresh off ser- series that um, I was able to watch at the Duncanville Fieldhouse in the greater Dallas area. And that camp was another big camp. Uh, a lot of numbers, 200, uh, 219, 220 players, 219 players. Uh, very good camp. A um, little different in the All-Star game. I wish I'd gotten a little bit – More out of the All-Star game, but I'd watched all the sessions, so it didn't give me much separation. Um, You know, the camp was a lot of good forwards and a couple good lead guards. And a big man, Brandon Garrison from Dell City, Oklahoma. Again, this camp was in, in the south or the southwest, you'd call it. Texas. Maybe Texas is just its own beast, you know. It's not really the South or the, or the Southwest, it's just Texas. So mm-hmm. um, Brandon's from Oklahoma. There was guys from thirteen states there, so that was good to see. Um I thought he was the top uh post player in the camp. I thought the top performer in the perimeter was Robert Jones
0: Jr. Yeah, he's good, man.
2: fixed three, two twenty-three He's from Ray Braswell High School in Aubrey, Texas. Uh, one game, he just went off like Vinny Microwave Johnson. He was just hitting everything in the mid-range. Efficient shooter. Doesn't take bad shot. Has good body. Uh, you know, looks the part of a really good shooting guard. Plays D. Positive plays. He's one of the players that I thought had a consistent performance all the way through. Yeah, like I said, some of the players kind of had moments where they were really dominant. I, I would say K.J. Lewis is in that boat. He's from uh, Chapin High School in El Paso, kind of a small forward, um, big, strong, physical player. Uh, he needs to keep working on his perimeter skill, but he's so strong and, and, and has a dynamic uh, you know, approach to the game. He's always trying to attack the rim. Mm-hmm. Probably try to do a little too much highlight type things, but again, sure. that's what we're saying about finishing a camp. You know, they they got a little sloppy in the in the top thirty game. The top sixty game was a a little bit smoother and there's a reason for that, and I'll go over why I think that was. And um you know, KJ's gonna has a chance to be a very good prospect if he just keeps working. Uh Jacob Cole, I thought was a, a left handed uh wing forward from Bel Texas. Did very well. Uh, One of those good athletes, like you talk about, Devin, that would excel in this type of camp. Um, Chris Lockett, Jr., a 6'3", 6'4", guard. He's from Isidore Newman High School in Louisiana, New Orleans, Louisiana. He was named one of the tri-MVPs. Similar to the West Camp, there wasn't a player that just pulled away from everybody. I thought that player was Robert Jones. Okay. Uh, Garrison and Lockett. I believe were the picks also for the uh most outstanding player of the camp. Uh Chris Lockett has a big reputation. Uh, he he's uh plays for uh Randy Livingston, who played in the NBA, who also went to Newman, who's a high school legend. Yep. Went to L S U. He was there. Randy brought quite a quite a few players from the that area. Another one he brought was Todd Jones, um, six foot seven four. I thought he was one of the ten best players. In the camp, uh, Justin McBride was good. I think he's from South Garland, Texas, but he's listed as Oak Hill Academy. I got to talk to my guy, Steve Smith, to see if he's indeed going there. There's been uh, talk that he may go there. He was listed on the roster as being from Oak Hill Academy. He was attacking the rim. I thought he was another player that that finished real sh- real strong and, and, and had a good overall camp. Um, he was part of the uh, winning white team in the All-Star Game. I thought the two players that got the most out of the All-Star game for the winning club was uh, T. John Brown from South Garland, a point, cat quit point guard, fastest point guard, quickest then there at the camp, and Layden Blocker. He's from Little Rock Christian Academy in Arkansas. He's another blazer. Um, so they had a run there, Devin, where they just kind of played good deep, made good plays together. And, and their speed and their quickness kind of took over the game and, and really stood out. Okay. Um, I think uh, to McBride, he just kind of uh, long guy, finishing the lane, uh, and he's is a, is a good prospect as a small forward. Um, Dalen Fuller, really good defender. Uh, he's from Union High School in Tulsa, Oklahoma, 224. There's a lot of good 224s in this camp. Um he blocked a couple shots that I thought stood out that I re- recall. Um and he was one of the uh let me see, we have Key Inor Botang, who was one of the MVPs of the game, a two twenty-four. Todd Jones, who I previously mentioned, is two twenty-four. Mm-hmm. Amir Ali is a post forward two post player, two twenty-four from Spring Creek Academy in Plano, Texas. And Liam McNeely, who was one of the better players at the Pangos Junior All-American camp, who right before the pandemic ended, that before that, all that Sheldon and O'Dowd and all that mess with Sierra Canyon and Wanda and the, in the state final. He was up West and was one of the best players and he had a really terrific first day of camp. I thought he kind of leveled off on the second day as other players did towards some of the better players in the camp. Um, a player who our guy, Frank Broson really liked, I thought he was a top 225, was Carl Sheon Young, a, a shooting guard, lefty, good defender, dominant in transition, finishing from all different angles. Uh, I kind of compared him to a Jeff Trapanger who used to play at USC, but he's more skilled than him at the same age, way more skilled. Mm-hmm. Knocked down the shot. He's at Hefner Middle School in Oklahoma. Um, Again, I'm rattling off names. Those were some of the top guys. Very interesting. Uh, I would say he was the top 225. Another guy who I had in the top 75 in the camp from 225 uh, was our guy Braden Kyman. He's from Southern California. Um, He's obviously Jake Kyman's brother from UCLA. I thought he did better in this camp. He was a little more engaged than he was in the West camp. Uh maybe he was on a weaker team on the West Camp and uh he, he didn't let his teammates play bother him. He kind of figured that part out and excelled and had a really good game. One game he hit like eleven straight points that I saw kind of really put it on, on um got him into that all-star game. All the scouts were were happened to be watching that game. And then another two twenty five who did good was Cameron Paul Ford from Universal Academy in Texas. Uh, Cameron had a, a very good overall camp. Um, Cameron played in the second All-Star game, if I'm not mistaken. I believe so. And another 225 worth mentioning is our guy from Northern California, from the um, Stockton-Tracy area, Shamar Jones. He actually yeah, he's good. To that camp. Yeah. And I got to speak to his dad a little bit. Um, Shamar... Is in Mountain House, you know, which is near Tracy. And he's gonna go to another camp back east. Jamar's really getting out there to he wants to get a good idea and have a good feel for who is, is kind of quote unquote his competition in 224 and 225. Like who are some of the best peer some of yeah. the best peers, and he's getting yeah. a good dose of it. Oh yeah. And um I would say overall this camp uh didn't have the shooters that the West Camp had. Much better athletic defenders and athletic players overall.
0: No doubt. Just yep.
2: One through a hundred. I'm not putting yeah. out anybody.
0: Right, 100. right, right. Yeah. I think
2: uh, guys meant, had a much harder t- time getting in the key and finishing than they did in the West camp.
0: I yeah. Say just, that. there was much more, uh, size and defensive presence in the lane. Yeah. In that camp than there was in the West. Not that it's a negative on any, e- either way, but, uh, a couple guys, you, most of the guys you mentioned, obviously I agree with, uh, but a couple guys lower, down lower a little bit in your rankings. I like Drew Steff from uh, Frisco Memorial, 6'5 guard, 223. Uh, Meyer Panom, the 6'2, 223 from Norcross, Georgia. I believe he's originally from Alaska, Ronnie, am I right? Yes,
2: he is from Alaska. I spoke to me. He, he went went to transfer to Norcross in January of 2020, so he didn't yeah. get to play for that strong high school team, but he, he will be on the team this year. Very personable kid, Uh, good defender, could do a lot of different things uh, well, I thought.
0: Yeah, he reminds me a little bit of uh, our guy, Zavion Brown from Sheldon. Um, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I, I like Mr. Burnside, uh, 6'1 guard, 224, a paraclete locally here in Southern California. Um, guy from New Mexico who I liked in the West Camp was also in this camp, Ronnie Shane Duma Sanchez, uh, yes. Del Norte High School in New Mexico. He's just, uh, as I like to describe him, he's an MF or He just competes all the time. Yeah. Big fan of him.
2: Yeah, Shane Duma did good. I thought again he had a he got into the key and made more plays in the West Camp. And this camp he realized, hey, there's a little more athletic, better athletic defenders or more locked in defenders. I gotta figure out another way to contribute. And I thought yeah. he did a good job of that.
0: Yeah, he did. He did. Um and then, you know, I will, go, go ahead. ahead. No, yeah, I'll say
2: um the guy who really stood out and I mentioned Finishing the camp strong, and I also mentioned uh, the, the top game getting a little sloppy. Um, was another player from New Mexico, and he's actually his friend. Um, he, I thought he did a really good job in the second game. He's one of the MVPs of the second game. Exodus Ayers from La Cueva. Um, he was by far, in my opinion, the best push ahead or true lead guard in the camp. Okay. Uh, we, made a, we talked about him being in the top game. Amongst the scouts and the people on the committee to choose the game, it was okay that he was in the second game. We said, Okay, let him be in the second game. But he made the guys in his shift in the second game unselfish. So the unselfishness got contagious and it made a big difference in that second game. And then actually, I thought, elevated his stock or elevated what he did throughout the camp because I noticed him and he was just being unselfish. Just has an uncanny nose for the ball and when to give it up and where to give it up to. Soft passes where they need to be zipped uh, through, uh, you know, a a shoestring type uh, situation or whether they need soft touch on it. Yeah. And and he did a great job of that. And, uh, you know, everybody kind of realized he was one of the better second players in that second game.
0: Yeah. Always like to see guys play, you know play the game the right way or approach the game the right way in, in a setting like that. Cause it doesn't always breed that right. Um, you mentioned two guys, Ronnie, uh, Chris Lockett jr. And Todd Jones, both in your top 10 rankings from uh, Isidore Newman in Louisiana, but they might not be the, the most famous athletes at that high school because Arch Manning's the quarterback there. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, Arch Manning is whose son not Peyton's, and he's not. Not Eli's. It's
2: a, it's another brother. Who's and the I was other talking brother? To Chris about it. I got it. Just his name. I should what's know his name, obviously. I followed it? these guys. You know. Hang on. Let me get, I gotta yeah, get his you, name. You gotta go look at that because yeah. I was talking to Randy about it, and uh, he plays a little hoop. Does he? Yeah. Okay. Cooper. He's a, Cooper.
0: Cooper's son. Yeah. And he's very
2: good. Randy's like, dude, he's so good. You know. Like, yeah. He's I'm like, kidding. Yeah. And, you know, so, you know, Randy's a 93 guy. Peyton's a 94 guy at Newman. So they were on campus at the at the time together. They were both, like, iconic yeah, high school athletes. Uh, did, did Eli go to Newman? Uh, Eli went to Newman as well okay. a little bit later, right? He yeah. wasn't as highly thought of. You know, of course, we're just talking semantics here. Peyton's yeah, like, guess, yeah. the top two quarterbacks in – um the the country at in, in his class right along with John uh, uh, Josh Booty who played Josh. minor league ba- Josh in minor Booty. league baseball then came back to college yeah. to LSU and I think by that time Peyton was already going to be drafted by the Indianapolis Colts um you know Randy kind of interesting and love. Randy tore his knee at the at the Nike camp as a counselor before going on to LSU and Chris has a lot of potential. And he's one of those guys. He should be straight-blunt and forward about it. He needs to. Uh, he he's not in the best physical shape right now. He needs to okay. drop five to t- ten pounds or so. Tighten know, it up a little bit. Grossiness. Just tighten it up a little bit. It could be a COVID thing, you know. Uh, and there's You're other right. players in, in I think that I got regard the- that that it has that happened to. Definitely not our guy from Corona Centennial, but other players uh, are <laughs> in that same boat.
0: I got I got the COVID 15 going right now, man. I'm struggling. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, uh, very very. Uh, you know, he brought. He gave me a, a list of guys he brought out. I mean, I, I had their numbers. Uh number 260 in the camp was one of Randy's guys that he came. Uh Christopher Lehman, he's also from Newman. Um Todd Jones, as you mentioned. Uh, the list goes, he brought about 10 guys, so kudos to Randy. He likes to get his guys out there. Not just guys from Newman. He'll bring some guys from his travel team or whatnot. It's very interesting. Uh Randy made the NBA, Devin, but he probably made the NBA at 50% or 60% of what he was in high school. He was one of those guys, like, he just didn't – stuck in the NBA a bit, but, um, you know, that that industry kind of changed the course of his career. He Most people thought he would be an NBA all-star. Okay. You know, and he just – that injury uh, at that time was just, you know, a devastating thing for, for that. But he still made the NBA, and um, – well, very interesting. I know you're very interested to see how, uh, Cooperson does.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. And, I, I follow that. He's, yeah. And, from anything I saw, like, you know, videos I've seen and, and just kind of highlights or whatever, I Man, he's got a, he's got an arm and he's got the, the, you know, quarterback smarts and feel that, you know, his, his uncles have.
2: Yeah. And like I said, uh, you know, we'll continue. We could I could, we could talk a little bit more, um, about that, and you know, if you guys, again, same thing, hit us up if you have any questions or want to get a quick eval of anybody at the All South Camp that was October 3rd, 4th at the Duncan Field House. We'll gladly talk about it in the future. Devin, we, we're we getting into the mode where I, I, we may be out of pocket for a week or so, uh, getting the Fab 50 together. It's it's one of the tougher years just because of the, um all that's happening around coronavirus, there's already been events canceled. Some seasons are not starting until the calendar year, 221. Yeah. We're doing our best to get it out before, um, the election because, you know, we want to get, let people kind of soak it in a Ronnie, bit.
0: Ronnie, Ronnie's working hard to beat this election, man. He, yeah. We, we got to get this fat 50 out before the election. So we, we might take a day off to let Ronnie get a, a leg yeah. up on Trump and Biden.
2: Yeah. I want to beat <laughs> Biden and Trump to the punch. Um. <laughs> Just because, like we talked about earlier about the pod about the NBA, it just overwhelms, it overshadows everything. Yeah. And it's just the time of nature of the world we live in, in America we live in. So I know all the high school fans are kind of gearing up for that. They want to see it on ballslife.com. I'm working to get it out. So, again, we might be in and out of pocket. We'll also be um, talking a little bit more about the NBA draft, which will be at an odd time this year. You know, November 18th is the date I'm. I'm. we kind of uh, was locked in and, and talked about before. So we'll have a pod about the pod, about the draft coming up. Again, we don't know exact dates. We'll, we'll look for our, our, uh, look on our Devin's Twitter or my Twitter. We'll, we'll kind of throw that out there. We'll, we'll, we'll have for some release dates for the Fab 50 a little bit later this month by mid-month and, and hopefully have it out, uh, the week of before Halloween, you know, somewhere in that range. Uh, October 26th is that Monday. Hopefully by that week, sometime in that week, Devin, leading into the new month. Yeah. So, yep. so thanks guys for uh listening in and, and tuning in and being aware of that. And like I said, we have we're gonna have some cool things on on, on balls-life.com coming up, Devin, because again we're still gonna be in me and you live in California and still not gonna be high school ball till March. So we're gonna have time to, to roll some of these things out.
0: Yes, sir. Make sure you guys uh tune in every week and in order to do that, make sure you subscribe. On Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, um, on SoundCloud, or on our Ball Is Life app, which is available on uh, iPhone, and we're almost available on Android. Uh, our guys are working hard. Uh, shout out to Doug and Jeff and Daniel for working hard to you know get get our app you know working uh, at one hundred percent, and then working on the Android side as well. Um, and also make sure you guys check out. BallIsLife.com for the latest of our NBA draft coverage and Ronnie's Fab 50 and any other type of basketball coverage you can imagine. Um, We're dropping a a draft board here soon uh, that Ronnie and I have put together and with the help of our guy Daniel behind the scenes. Um, And also make sure you go to shop.ballislife.com to check out the gear um, and the high level designing done by our guy Andy Fomai and yeah. the production team in the warehouse led by our, by our guy Gerardo, um, yeah. and Kev, uh, Kev Gomez. So great people yeah, that, so that work behind the scenes to help out. us with all this.
2: Yeah, those guys, yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, for sure. Um, those guys were gonna, working real hard, hard, through, and they've been working hard through the pandemic. And, yep. um, like you said, make sure to go on com and also look for new. Fall and winter, uh, you know, lines and also put in your order. If you want to get it by, uh, before the holidays, I guess, you know, naturally that's Christmas Day, but others have other days they celebrate. Make sure you put it in a little early because just all the things that's going on with
0: USPS,
2: uh, around the country. I don't know what that's pertaining to, but it is something going on. In-
0: yes, you do. America. Don't, don't yeah. dodge the question, you, you political, yeah. I don't know what to Legal call you. Hack political hack. Uh. Yeah, yeah.
2: But <laughs> yeah, under, yeah, you know, if you want to get your order, make sure you put in a little yeah. earlier this this year compared to past years. But like I said, we're going to have some cool lines out there, so shout out again to Gerardo and to Kev. Working hard. Uh, get you guys your cool ball's out gear. If you still need more masks, those are still available. Uh, other designs are available. Backpacks. What else do they got, Dev?
0: We got everything, man. T-shirts, backpacks, joggers, uh uh, we're, we're, it's starting to get cold in places we got hoodies windbreakers we, we got it all man our guy andy puts out some really dope designs uh you know from uh our, our shirts to our our graphics that we post on social media for promoting the podcast or whatever it may be andy andy handles all that uh he's a good dude and works hard um another thing ronnie i, I want to bring up is the black friday sale uh we'll, we'll have a big black friday sale and i think we're we're too, we're uh kind of getting things together to be able to have a, a pickup location where you can drive up, you can order, drive up, uh, we'll hand you your costs. gear in your car to skip the shipping costs and get your gear a lot sooner than uh, normal. Safe. Yeah. Oh my goodness, bro. I got another one, dude. Another Someone else from the water district calling, trying to try and get my vote. If you're voting, one more thing before we go. If you're voting by mail, get that thing in early, take it straight to the Dropbox. Don't let, don't let the Postmaster General have your, your mail and phone lost. Your balls are in his hands. Your <laughs> <laughs> Ball, balls are in his hands. Ballsinhands.com. I'm going to start that. Uh, anyways, we're joking around too much. We're getting delirious. We appreciate you guys tuning in to episode 84 of the End of Paint show presented by Ball is Life. But Devin and Ronnie are getting the hell out of here.